I see my name in shiny lights. Yeah, a different city every night. Oh, I, I swear the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right into it. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by the CEO and founder of Hiring Transformed. That is Michael Goldberg, and he joins me all the way from Dallas, Texas. Michael, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's colder in Dallas uh, today than it might be in Chicago. And we're supposed to get snow later today, so I'm excited. Well, snow. Oh, wow. Right. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, uh, stay, uh, stay safe and stay warm. And uh, you are um, you are taking care of, uh, of business. And that's not uh, I, uh, hopefully I'm not breaking any uh, trademark rules over there. You're taking care of business and that's what you do. So uh, when you do that, um, you are uh, able to uh, no doubt make people comfortable in whatever climate. So, Michael, I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. You are the CEO and founder of Hiring Transformed. And uh, we'll dig into some of that. But how did you get into your business, your line of work? Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, first off, Shalom, thank you for having me on uh, the, the the broadcast today. I'm really excited to be connected with you. Um, so, uh, as as you know, uh, I am a 30 year veteran of all things recruiting. Uh, I have uh, for the last 25 years. Uh, I basically uh, created a uh, or worked in corporate recruiting functions and then uh, grew in those recruiting functions to lead them. Uh, companies such as American Heart Association, which is based here in Dallas, uh, Freeman, which is a global one. It used to be one of the largest global um, uh, event management companies out there. So did, did a lot of international recruiting uh, there. And so my goal really when I went into those organizations was to deliver. For me, I grew up in the Marriott uh, family, uh, a background right out of college, making six fifty dollars an hour with a college degree. So, uh, But what was embedded into me was the level of service that you provide will bring the customers back to you every time. And how you deliver that service, so when you say you're going to deliver it, is also really important. So my focus today, now that I've gone on my own and I carry that, that same philosophy with me, is helping hyper-growth companies, companies that are sitting at 20, 30 employees, and they're ready to explode in growth. And I think we're going to see some pretty good uh, hiring numbers. We'll see the hiring numbers go up, and I think we're going to see some really good more hiring events going on. Uh, people are, are, are hoping once the, the pandemic is you know, beginning to minimize itself through vaccination, uh, which I always encourage everyone to go do when they can and when they're eligible. Uh, but you have to build the relationships mm-hmm. with a lot of these folks. So my target audience is generally those CEOs, CFOs that are looking at their numbers and say, all right, look, we're getting a, a C round of funding, a D round of funding. 
and we're ready to go from 20 employees to 60 employees or 30 employees to 100 employees this year and then double that over the next one to two years. So and, I go and, in and I put the processes, the strategies, everything in place for them. And Michael, you are a self-described recruiting data nut. So let's talk about that data piece because that's something that I, I don't think is discussed frequently enough. Um, how do you use data and why is it important to use data for recruiting and hiring? It's a great question. So when you look at data, in recruiting, it's all around us. What do we have? Think about the, all these data points that we have. We have names, we have addresses, we have phone numbers, we have emails, we have skill sets uh, that are that you in words that you if you dumped all those dumped a bunch of resumes into a word cloud, you would begin to see skill sets related to a certain position, knowing that when you needed to go out and look at the geographic opportunities for people with those skill sets in different locations around the country, the data drives your recruiting decisions and your recruiting strategies. And a lot of people don't take that approach. Um, so I, when I get on with a new client and they're ready to open up a new facility, I'm diving into their data. I'm looking at not only who has applied, but how the people that they're looking to hire, what does that hiring persona look like? And that hiring persona is brought in through different uh, by looking at all the different skill sets of those that are successful in those positions, both inside the organization and outside the organization. So at Hiring Transformed, you've worked with many companies in bringing a unique talent of strategic HR and recruiting experiences to help those organizations do better when it comes to servicing internal and external customers. So Michael, can you share any examples of success stories where either that data has been used successfully or even the uh, the the uh, that coaching and and that that entire experience process workflows tools technologies and so on has been used for hiring success. Absolutely. So, um, one example on the, when I was on the corporate side is we uh, for one of the companies we were opening up distribution centers in small towns that you know didn't have a a, a, a ton of people, but what we were doing was we were hiring line workers in a distribution center. And uh, basically what we did is we went out to, this is pre-COVID, obviously. Uh, we went out to uh, that area and we drove not only through the city, but we met with the Chamber of Commerce. We, um, we did demographic research on who the major players were, what companies were bringing other distribution centers to that area because it was beginning to become a data hub, what they were paying in those areas. And then the availability of talent, not only looking at the availability of talent of, uh, of skilled labor, but also of management. And what was great about this one location is it had probably about five or six towns within a 20-mile radius. And people are used to commuting it because it was in the desert. So it was in Laughlin, Nevada. Or across, actually, it was in Bullhead City, Arizona, if you've ever heard of that place. Uh, it's about an hour and a half uh, to the east and the south of, uh, like, near Needles, California. Anyway, so uh, we went with the mayor of the city. We, 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 and we, what we did is we started doing a lot of pulling of data so we would get the demographics of who these people are, what they did, so that we could go out and put, you know, post flyers, do billboards, uh, and, and then do initial reach out to these folks so that we could say, hey, we're coming. 
We made it a big deal. We had to fill 100 positions, all right? Combined towns, I'd say the total population is somewhere in the 50 to 60,000. And then, you know, it's rural Arizona. So you had people that had uh, bad bad drug choice addictions. Uh, you had uh, people who were formal former prisoners uh, or had uh, convictions and things of that nature. And depending upon their level of, uh, as long as it was a misdemeanor, they were totally, we were totally fine with bringing, on, bringing them on. Um, but we also gave the chance to bring on felons that didn't have any type of aggravated, aggravated, you know, assault or rape or anything bad like that. So really it was pulling all this data in so that we knew exactly who we wanted to go hire and we timed it out right so that by when we were finished with day two of our uh, job fair and we had done so much promotion for it and so much reach out because we had bothered to collect the data, we, we, were, we were ready to go in two days. And that's unheard of in a small town. That uh, takes time. That's that's huge. Uh, so, Michael, Michael, as we get close to the uh, to the end of our time together, I want to make sure that we have a clear takeaway. What is the one thing that you would recommend business owners put in place if they remember nothing else from our conversation and they should remember everything and we'll make sure that they get in touch with you, Michael? What is that one takeaway that they should uh, put in place? The, the one takeaway is to have a strategy in place, have a recruiting strategy, a talent strategy. And when I say that, think about who you're going to hire. Think about the skills that are needed. Put together personas, uh, build out recruiting playbooks, build out talent playbooks that go a step further to say, once that person's on board, what's that plan that you have to make sure you retain that person? And a lot of companies don't take time to think through the onboarding process. So let's bring them in. Let's get them to work. But have that strategy, have a recruiting strategy. Who are you going to hire? What do the processes look like? What kind of service level agreements are you going to have internally with your hiring managers and externally with the candidates? Because you want to ensure that you have a great candidate experience. You know, look at the different programs. Make sure you're measuring all of those programs and bring in, uh, uh, bring that data in, create a SWOT analysis. Uh, and if it's too much for you to do, you need to reach out to me because I'm happy to help. So how can people reach out to you real quick? Well, they can reach out to me at uh, www.hiringtransform.com or through my email at michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at hiringtransformed.com. Hiringtransform.com. Michael Goldberg, thank you for bringing your expertise onto the program. I look forward to welcoming you back real soon, and I hope all of our listeners will get in touch with you. Uh, we're we're going to squeeze in a very quick break. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return. You are listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I am your host, Shalom Klein, and I am very excited to uh, welcome Karen McCall, who joins us here on the program. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shalom. Thanks for having me. Lovely to be here. It's great to have you. So you went, uh, I'm fascinated by your story, you went from dodging IRS calls to helping thousands of people get out of debt and build a life and business they love. Um, You're the founder of the Financial Recovery Institute and the creator of the money management program, Money Grits. So um, it's exciting that we're having this conversation still in Q1 of 2021. So there's still an opportunity to make those New Year's resolutions and get on the right foot. So Karen, let's start with your story. Let's start with understanding your background. Dodging IRS calls, what caused that and how did you turn that around? 
Well, I went through a divorce, got a nice big lump sum of money that um, bigger than amount than I'd ever had. And I just put my head in the sand. I'd never learned about money. My husband had always handled the money. And um, I just went through it and then just started running up credit card debt. And I had not dealt with the fact that this money that I got from my divorce settlement, there were tax consequences. So um, I realized I had to go to work and I went to work and I just had this big bowl on top of my refrigerator and just stuffed all the bills and notices in there. Came home from work one day. And, and if you'd have seen me then, Shalom, you would have thought I was a success because I was working in corporate America, big, beautiful corporate building in San Francisco, um, working for the second largest computer company in the world. And like I said, if you'd have seen me, you would have thought, wow, what a success. But, you know, I had that dirty little secret, that big bowl on top of my refrigerator. Came home from work one day and saw an eviction notice, a, a potential eviction notice on my door. So I realized it was time to do something. I was dating a guy at the time who kept bringing me these wonderful binders of self-help cassettes. So one night I thought, okay, I opened a bottle of wine. I pulled the bowl down and I went through the stack of binders and pulled out one by Dr. Robert Schuler, Possibility Thinking, put those tapes on and realized I had to face the music. <clears throat> and I had absolutely no idea what to do. And so I... Um, looked in the yellow pages, you know, at that time there were yellow pages, there wasn't any Google. And I found financial planners and budget counselors, and that was my choice. So I went to budget counselors, and they wanted to kind of put me on a budget, give them my paycheck, they would pay my bills, and that lasted about two minutes. So I realized, my gosh, I was a serious, um, this was a serious situation. So what I did was I started on my journey of getting smart with money. And what I realized um, was that there were probably a lot of people like me caught in this gap between the financial planners, you know, and advisors and um, budget counselors. So I started my business. And you've spent the past 30 years working with small business owners and have seen many people struggle with self-employment, um, working with hundreds of solopreneurs, small business owners, and have helped them to actually be profitable. And uh, also you specifically comment in your bio, feed their soul. So let's get into it. What is the most important thing that a business owner can do to help their own business flourish? You know, and the, the way I landed up, landed, realized that I had to work with business people was I started out just working with people on their personal finances. And everyone who had their own business, they had a back door. You know, they could start on spending plans, but it's like, oh, I can just do that through my business. And so I realized I had to develop a process for business owners. And so that was kind of the last piece of the puzzle that I put together. And what I realized when people worked <clears throat> and used this approach on both their personal and their business finances, their businesses just flourished and they thrived. And so what I think the most important thing is that number one indicator of a person's success in business is their relationship with money. They've got to get smart with money and they have to understand that there's an emotional, spiritual and practical aspect to their relationship with money. The numbers are not just it's not just data. They can learn a lot about themselves and about their deepest needs and what really is going to light their fire. Um, if they really get grounded in their numbers and understand the emotions and the psychology that drive a lot of their behaviors. 
Absolutely. And I mentioned this earlier, you use the term, you throw this around quite a bit of feeding your soul. So Karen, can you describe what you mean by having a business that feeds your soul and importantly, your wallet as well? I'll use myself as an example. When I was working in corporate America, it got to the point, it was really hard to get up and go to work in the morning. And in my, I had my very first client February 2nd, 1989. And I've never had that feeling since because my work really makes a difference in people's lives. And I think that if we think about the spiritual aspect, for example, I think most people want to feel that they're making a difference or they have some purpose. And so for entrepreneurs, so often they will be coming at it from that angle, you know, something they're interested in, but pretty soon it becomes just a drag because it becomes such a financial um, burden for them to grow their business because they really haven't learned how to handle their money, how to determine what their needs are um, on a personal level or even on a business level. So I say, um, yeah, you know, how do you feed your soul and your wallet? Um, what I always felt in, in my work is when I go to bed at night, I love that I make a good living. That's fantastic. But what I really loved was the fact that my work made a difference in people's lives. And I think everybody wants to feel that at some level. Uh, fulfilled. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's the common theme over here. And I think that perhaps that's one of the, uh, rude awakenings that perhaps uh, COVID has had as we've uh, sort of hunkered down and, uh, you know, staying safe, uh, certainly focusing on what really matters. It's not about the, uh, the number of zeros in the, uh, in the bank account, but actually, again, uh, feeling good about what you do. And I know, Karen, you feel good about what you do, and you should because you're working with so many people, helping them be successful. So what are some of the beliefs about money that can hinder a person's ability to create the business that they really want and maybe even need? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that. Um, I'll start by saying that one of the things that I say to people and have written about is the fact that we can never get enough of what we don't need. So it's very important for each of us to discover what are our deepest needs on, an, on every level. And so many people are coming from a place that they don't really believe that they have needs uh, or they believe that they don't deserve to have their needs met. And so if they believe, if they have that belief, then they're probably not going to be successful because they, they just don't believe that they are worthy or that they deserve. So one of the things that I have people do is I have them write a money autobiography so they can see how they develop some of their beliefs and attitudes about money, um, how they develop their belief systems about money that drive their behaviors with money. And a lot of times, I mean, it really goes back to childhood where um, perhaps they lived in a home where, you know, they just didn't have their needs met. So they just felt, you know, I don't deserve, they're not worthy. So they don't have a container to really hold success. So that's one of the things I think it starts with is understanding what your childhood messages were. And, um, and if that's the way you're wired, then that's got to be worked on. Wow. And so Karen, finally, how can a business owner build a plan when they don't know what they are going to earn? That's the number one objection when someone calls a money coach and they say, hey, I'm in business, but how can I plan? How can I do a spending plan when I don't know what I'm going to earn? And what I say is it's more important than ever because you will, um, you know, business people, when they have to be in charge of their own income, it brings them face to face with their beliefs about money, right? 
And so it's very, very important that they're totally grounded in the numbers, not just in the work they do, not just looking at their numbers from the rearview mirror, but to plan. So you start out by saying, we're going to do a spending plan, create a GPS for the month by doing a spending plan going into the month. And, um, and then as time goes on, you know, they're going to start seeing, they're tracking against their plan. They can see. So in the beginning, they make estimate. You know, they don't know what they're going to make. But I'll just give you an example. I've worked with several people where, what do you think you're going to make this month? And they'll throw out a number. And I'll say, okay, so let's list the clients that they're going to come from. I'm thinking particularly of contractors, for example. For, mm-hmm. for some reason, one year I had a lot of contractors and a lot of lawyers. And they would throw out these numbers, but then when you would ask them, so have you built them yet? You know, And they said, well, no, no, I haven't really built them yet. Or they build them, but they haven't followed up to see when they're going to pay. So sure. they have to really come to terms with the fact that they've got to be grounded in the reality. And Karen, I, Karen, we're going to have to leave it there because I'm coming up against a hard break over here. Karen, you've shared so much with us. And I know that our listeners can uh, continue the conversation um, with you uh, by connecting at financialrecovery.com and moneygrit.com. But Karen, I would love to invite you back on the program coming up real soon. Appreciate you sharing your expertise. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Abs- absolutely. And we'll, uh, we'll be back and get down to business in just a moment. So it's not every day that I'm joined by a high-profile international award-winning publicist and the founder and managing director of an absolutely fantastic media and public relations firm. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Tracy Lamori, um, who was named as a Universal Women's Network 2020 Woman of Inspiration uh, winner for the Women in Media Award and is the author of the upcoming book, Get Repped. So Tracy, welcome to the program. Hello, hello. Good morning, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. So, Tracy, uh, let's get right into it. There's a reason you've run, you've won so many uh, awards and recognitions. Uh, you're really good at what you do. Uh, so, Tracy Lamori at Lamori Media. What does Lamori Media act, actually? Uh, what services do you provide for your customers? So, I like to say I elevate and celebrate. My entire job is to elevate and celebrate the amazing people, the amazing things other people are doing, basically. So, I work with uh, all the people that you'd expect publishers to work with, you know, authors, musicians, singers, um, filmmakers, all that kind of fun stuff. And also with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, everybody from psychologists to forensic experts to uh, SEO experts to marketing experts to psychiatrists to luxury real estate. So I really do... um, Again, elevate and celebrate what people do. I create experts and create stars out of people, basically. I love it. That's awesome. So, Tracy, we are all about entrepreneurship, all about small business. And what I love is you are a small business owner yourself. So you understand the uh, the, the demands of your uh, of your clients and why they need to be, as you say, get repped. So. In the spirit of providing good advice, if you were talking to some of these small business owners and entrepreneurs tuning in directly and there was a takeaway, what would that be? What's the one thing that they should put in place to make sure that they are getting the attention that they deserve? Number one is small. I, I find 80 to 90 percent. Consider this 80 to 90 percent of small businesses not only don't have a publicist, but they never think of PR or, or really 
beyond advertising. And yet there is not one corporation on the planet, you know, of any size that doesn't have a PR department or communications department. So that should show entrepreneurs that they're really missing out and the playing field is not level there alone. Especially now you hear about thought leadership and all that stuff. So I really want to, um, beyond whatever company you work for, whatever product you sell, it's really important these days to develop your own reputation, your own thought leadership, because tomorrow can change. and You can take that with you whatever you're doing and so thinking advertorial is what what most entrepreneurs do but we need you to think editorial which is what a newsroom will think of or what uh so think about providing content and how you can provide content to the media to essentially get free quote-unquote advertising though i want you to get away from the, the idea of advertising towards the idea of editorial content and that's how you you know get your free spot basically yeah, real content um, is something that's not just for big companies, but it's for everybody that is out there. So that's really, really important. So Tracy, you're a small business owner. What is the one uh, shock that you've had in your uh, in your time in business? The one thing that just as from business owner to business owner that you uh, that you've experienced that uh, maybe a tip that you might have. Well, I think we all need to keep in mind that we all don't know what we don't know. And as entrepreneurs, and I, as I'm a pretty much a one-person business, two-person, but I do most of the, you know, this, the PR work. And, you know, I'm amazing at what I do. Like you said, I've literally built myself two international profiles over 10 years in two completely different industries. You know, one in the human rights, not industry, but human rights world and one in PR. Um, so what people really need to recognize that, you know, that that's easy. It's, impo- it's not easy, but there's a, it's a possibility. When I meet uh, experts in their field, my first thought is, why aren't you in media? And their first thought is, well, how would I get there? Because people don't think of themselves as, you know, they think of people in the news and who get awards as other. And then me, I'm just sitting here doing my work. People have to realize, though, that if you're just sitting there doing your work in, th- in this environment these days, with all the platforms and spotlights and potential, other people in your industry are, are surpassing you who may not even be as good as what they do at what they do but they're getting the public attention so everybody no matter what your field is you really have to think about utilizing the platforms that are available to us these days and uh, any particular successes that you want to highlight in our remaining uh, 45 seconds or so um, I don't know what biz- business successes yeah business successes uh, folks that you've been able to get some good attention for yeah, well, um, you know, all kinds of business successes, but I mean, so, so I, in, in one minute, I don't really want to bring you know, one to the light, but I did, I started my career on messaging, learning how to get an innocent man off a of death row is how I learned how to write a press release. He was actually released in 2017 and, and today he's making music. So I'd love people to go and check that out because that story doesn't end until he gets a Grammy and he, he's getting major attention like with Rolling Stone. So please seek out Jimmy Dennis in a song called years this year about you know just the trauma and everything that's been rough for all of us in 2020 and this is a hopeful song about how we never never give up and that's important for business owners too well congratulations on that success so tracy lamori uh lamori media how can people get in touch with you lamoriemedia.com or on instagram where i live at tracy lamori pr media <laughs> uh or tracy or just uh, uh lamori pr at Tracy Lamori on Facebook, by phone 289-788-5881 or Beverly Hills number 424-444-8052. 
Well, Lamori Media, Tracy Lamori, thanks so much for sharing your advice and your story with all of our listeners. And we look forward to welcoming you, welcoming you back again in the future. Tracy, thanks so much for joining us. We will have more small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return after this quick break. Be sure to check out my website, shalomkline.com, where you can download the past seven plus years of programs. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while because over 80% of the global workforce identifies as disengaged, unfulfilled, or worse in their work. And my next guest, Sean Martin, knows a thing or two of how meaningful work leads to a fulfilled life. We've been planning this conversation for a while, and I'm thrilled to have Sean Martin on the air with me. Welcome to Get Down to Business. Hey, Shalom. Excited to be here. Well, it's great to have you. So you have become the guru of, uh, again, that, that topic of, in a nutshell, meaningful work. So I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Uh, tell me how you've made this discovery. Yeah. So I got to say, you know, I, I started in one industry back even when I was 12 years old. I taught myself how to code and was a software engineer from sort of day one uh, when I was 12 back in the 90s. And Kind of was was doing that for years and years and years, making money doing it. You know, even in, in middle school, high school, was into it. Out of college, I just really enjoyed the work, and it also you know paid fairly well. And eventually, I came to realize that I was in the minority, and that a lot of people didn't enjoy anything about the work that they were doing. They were taking jobs that they just had to take, and they were staying in jobs that they hated. And it just seemed very wrong to me. And you know, so. Over 25 plus years as a software engineer and then being in various leadership roles and things like that, I always got to create, I always got to kind of self-direct my work. And when I found myself in an executive role, I lost some of that creativity and that creative outlet. And so I wanted to create something again. And this topic came back up and that's where I wanted to, you know, start a podcast, talk with people, just really dig into this topic of why people are so unfulfilled in their work and how do we solve for that as you know as a country as you know globally really well it's it's great and you wrote a book hack your hiring the tactical playbook to find evaluate and hire a plus talent so uh we're going to dig into really two pieces and this is really the theme of the of of uh, get down to business today is really talking about that meaningful work uh piece of thing so let's talk on the employer side um for uh for starters so you have been teaching startups and small business leaders a framework that you've talked about in your book and that i know you preach pretty much day and probably nights too. So what is, if there's one takeaway for our listeners on Get Down to Business, what is it that employers need to know? Really what they need to know is that recruiting is a system just like anything else and that it can be tweaked, it can be manipulated, uh, it can be optimized for whatever you need it to be optimized for. And you don't have to just settle for the status quo of what you're currently experiencing. And honestly, small businesses and startups are at a disadvantage when it comes to hiring and and recruiting great talent because they're competing with bigger companies with bigger budgets and more time on their hands, honestly. So being able to actually optimize the system to work for you is something that is going to pay dividends tenfold once you actually get the right people in the right positions. 
And what I find fascinating, uh, again, I'm chatting with Sean Martin, is uh, that uh, your advice is based on really your own story, uh, how you overcame those early hiring challenges and sort of mastered um, that area. So let's go over to the individuals um, Mm -hmm. for the professionals that are sort of aspiring to do more meaningful work, but not sure where to begin. What should they take away from our conversation? Yeah, you know, the reason I, I really dug into the individual side of this was because I believe that you don't have to quit a job and start a business in order to find meaning and fulfillment. And I want folks to realize that they can actually find that fulfillment where they're at, even. You know, they can find meaning in their work, even if they are at a job that isn't ideally or isn't where they thought they'd end up. You know, and honestly, the the single most common thing that I find whenever I talk with people who really enjoy the work that they do and they really find it meaningful is a focus on other people and understanding who it is you're helping with your work, whether that's in a job you're in now or a job you aspire to be in later is focusing on the type of people that you want to help. And are there any, uh, tools that are out there, um, either on the employer side or on the job seeker side that uh, people that you've discovered that people should be taking advantage of? Yeah, absolutely. So on the job seeker side, if you're trying to find the career that fits you or you're trying to find your quote unquote dream job, one really good exercise that you can go through is called uh, Ikigai. And it's a ancient Japanese sort of exercise. uh, And it really focuses on four things. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to go into them in depth, but it's like, what does the world need? What are you good at doing? What can you get paid doing? Um, and what do you enjoy doing? I think are, are the four. And you basically start creating a list from those things. And then you start to draw connections and you might find a really good path out of that. So that's one really good uh, tool out there that anybody can Google and, and can use. Well, that's absolutely awesome. And I do hope that all of our listeners will take advantage of it. And I know your book, Hack Your Hiring, has many of the answers because it is the tactical playbook to find, evaluate, and hire A-plus talent. So again, I've been chatting with Sean Martin. We're, we are going to squeeze in a very quick break here on Get Down to Business. And when we return, I'm excited to uh, talk about some of, the, uh, some of the tools that Sean has developed, a podcast with purpose, the Rebase podcast. Um, So we will talk about how that is helping you find a profession with purpose. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I encourage everybody to get on my website, shalomkline.com, to download all of the podcasts from the past eight plus years of shows. And while you are there, I have another podcast called We All Serve, where I interview military leaders and folks that have a passion for service and we talk all about those lessons learned along the way. All of the podcasts are available on your favorite podcast app. So check it out, rate, review, and share it. Makes it easier for people to find the conversations all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And get in touch with me, shalomkline.com. And be sure to support our sponsors, Chicago Signature Limo. They're at chicagosignaturelimo.com. And Tom Urbali, healthplanchicago.com. Some fantastic resources for transportation and health insurance. Again, quick break. More small business when we return. So what would you give to find work with meaning, purpose, and fulfillment? That's the conversation I've been having with Sean Martin. And uh, the nice thing is that uh, beyond our conversation, Sean, you are involved in uh, putting together content, um, some really, really good content 
uh, to help folks, again, both on the employer side, the job seeker side, as we've been talking about. So Rebase, Rebase, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you talk about on the show. Yeah, so on the show on Rebase, which is the show for Profession with Purpose, uh, when we do anything from solo episodes talking about things like what to do when you're feeling overwhelmed at work, there are interview style of interview format. There are just conversations with me and friends talking about how to start a freelancing uh, endeavor or, you know, what the future of work may look like for employment, for employers, those sorts of things. So really, it's just all about tactical tools and tips as well as mindset things that can really help you get where you want to be. Uh, that's awesome. And how long have you been uh, have you been hosting those conversations? I started the podcast back in 2017. That's it's been a little while. So lots of content out there. And I know that uh, your episodes are available, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, all those good places. But um, Sean, uh, before uh, we go any further, I do want to make sure our listeners know where they can reach you. What is your website? Yeah, so uh, you can definitely go to makehiringeasy.com if you're on the employer side and you want to figure out how to break through any struggles and frustrations that you're dealing with and make sure that you're hiring the right people for the right positions. And you can get a free download there. Um, and you can also connect with me on LinkedIn um, is really probably the easiest place to find me. Um, but those those are the two places that really I, I try to focus a lot of my efforts right now because it is uh, <laughs> it can be a bit of a challenge. And then on the podcast, uh, rebase.cc is the website uh, for the podcast. Fantastic. And a uh, perfect segue, because what are some of the things that you are able to provide uh, to employers to, whether it's, uh, like you said, small businesses sort of come in with that disadvantage, but small businesses, mid-sized businesses, what can you do and what are the things that they should be asking you? Yeah. So a lot of times I mostly work with businesses one-on-one and I am working on a few uh, different projects for trying to you know expand that reach and work with small groups and things like that. But Honestly, in my book, uh, Hack Your Hiring, there are 75 tips in that book that are very tactical. You know, each tip is about one page, two pages maybe, and are things that you can do to save time, to save money, to make sure that you're actually getting good answers from people in interviews to, you know, all of these sorts of things. And that's really a, an inexpensive and very short read, um, but there's 75 different tips in there. And it helps you with anything from where are you going to source candidates from to making sure you define a role correctly to how do you close the candidate that you want so they don't accept an offer somewhere else. And Sean, we are running out of time and I want to make sure I ask this final question of sort of your forecast. We're in February 2021, a different place than uh, probably when you started your podcast, um, mm-hmm. Rebase. So so what what what's your uh, prediction? What's your forecast for uh, 2021 in the world of employers? Yeah, I mean, I... I have to believe that we're going to continue to some degree of heavy remote work. And that means we're going to have to operate remotely, which means, you know, keeping mental health as a consideration in your organization so that you can, you know, keep employees happy and healthy. You don't want high turnover because that means you have to go back and, you know, recruit more people to fill those positions. And again, recruiting is going to be a remote endeavor as well. And one more time, where can people get a hold of you for your services as well as your amazing podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to reach out to me directly, LinkedIn is the best place. And if you want to get a guide on the seven key elements in stress-free hiring, you can go to makehiringeasy.com. And as you said, the podcast Rebase, R-E-B-A-S-E, is available wherever podcasts are available. I love it. Sean Martin, thanks for sharing your expertise with our listeners. And I'm excited to uh, to bring you 
back in real soon uh, to uh, to hopefully uh, share more insight with all of our listeners. So what a great lineup we have had today. Uh, we've had Michael Goldberg, Sean Martin, Tracy Lamaray, and uh, Karen McCall. Some fantastic conversations all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 560, The Answer. So set your calendars, make sure you are sharing our podcast. And of course, that podcast we just talked about with uh, with Sean Martin um, for all of the conversations on Chicago's number one small business jobs and entrepreneurship program to success. Let's get down to business.